Welcome, friends. My name is Debbie Lawrence, and this is Episode 8 of the Compassionate Leader School Podcast. For many people, time is treated like an enemy. They describe their days as a constant race against the clock to complete tasks, finish assignments, and meet deadlines. Added to that is the constant nagging in the back of their mind about all the things they have to do and the fear they won't get everything done and done on time. You know, planning our time and doing so strategically is like liquid gold for a business. Planning to increase productivity, efficiency, and creativity is a really valuable asset that anyone can cultivate, and yet only a small percentage of people take to this task with abandon. If you were to Google scheduling or time management, your screen would most likely be filled with countless techniques and tools and strategies, so much so that it can be overwhelming just figuring out where to start. So it's often easier to adopt the approach of Scarlett O'Hara. Remember, I won't think about that today. I'll think about that tomorrow. I know you. And here's the truth. I know me because that's been me as well. The American author Annie Dillard weighed in on this whole notion of planning her time in her in her work when she wrote a schedule defends from chaos and whim it is a net for catching days a schedule is a net for catching days hmm she went on to add that how we spend our days is how we spend our lives When I first read that, I remember loving the idea of casting a net to catch time. And I agree with her. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. As I've posed in the past, would you hire you and pay you top dollar to manage your time, your business, your career, and your life? You know, it's not so much about the things we actually have to do in any one day or throughout a week that tends to overwhelm us. I really believe it's thinking about all we have to do that can really do us in. And I don't believe there's one perfect solution, just one that works perfectly for you. So I want to share how I use the productivity technique of time blocking to batch and also mega batch my tasks and how that nets me free time that I use to reward myself in the form of a gift I call white space. So let me say that again. I want to share with you how I use the productivity technique number one of time blocking to number two batch and three mega batch my tasks and how that nets me free time that I then use to reward myself with this gift I call white space. So here we go. There's this concept called Parkinson's law, which says that, quote, work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion, close quotation. In other words, if you have something to do and you're given a whole year to get it done, Parkinson's law says, guess what? It'll take you a year to get it done. On the other hand, If you only have six months to complete it, generally speaking, you'll find a way to get it done in six months. Or as I say, whatever space we're given as human beings, we're guaranteed to fill it. If you have one closet of clothing, most people will purchase enough clothes to fill that closet. But 
Magically, if they're given an extra closet, they'll fill that closet up too, whether they really need more clothes or not. Our schedules work the same way. We seem to be wired to fill in whatever space we're given. The idea of having white space with absolutely nothing planned, which I highly recommend, is really scary for some people. How many times have you found yourself in a situation where something that had been scheduled gets cancelled and your immediate response is to start thinking about how you're going to fill that time? A person rarely opens a drawer, a closet, a cupboard, and sees nothing there. It's like we feel compelled to fill an empty space we're given. So how do we corral this thing called time? Well, when we look at things like time management and optimizing productivity, what I've learned is that it's best to start with a clean slate and build up from there, but we want to build it in a really smart way. Enter time blocking, which is the practice of planning out every moment of your day in advance and then dedicating specific time blocks for certain tasks and responsibilities. Now, for anyone tiptoeing into the world of time blocking, I always recommend you start by doing this for either your personal life or your work schedule. Don't try to do both until you've mastered one side and then you can gradually incorporate the other. So I'm going to talk about time blocking as it relates to my work schedule. What I'm encouraging you to do is to look at your typical work week and time block it. By scheduling every minute of your workday, you not only guard against distractions, you also multiply your focus. Now, let's talk about distractions for a minute. Current research into the North American workplace has shown that it takes the average person, they used to say anywhere, I'm sorry, they used to say it takes the average person 15 minutes to fully recover from an interruption. Well, the newest research says that in North America anyway, it takes the average person anywhere from 17 to 25 minutes to fully recover from an interruption. Think about it. Someone drops by your workspace and asks, got a minute, or you take a phone call, or you stop what you're doing to look at every email or social media notification that comes in. Research clearly shows that once you have dealt with the interruption, the typical person has to go back to where they were when the interruption occurred, then back up two to three steps, slowly move forward until they're back to where they were before the interruption, and then they've got to get back into the rhythm of what they were doing. And that takes somewhere between 17 and 25 minutes. And on top of that, this same research also identified that we are interrupted an average of every 11 minutes during a typical workday. Wow, right? That means that Every 11 minutes, we are distracted and pulled away. So that's why so many of us walk away from a full day of work and say to someone that we never stopped all day, but we don't feel like we really accomplished anything or we didn't get as much done as we had planned. That's because we allowed ourselves to be constantly taken off guard. So I say, hello, time blocking. In addition to helping us with staying focused on the task at hand, time blocking has been shown to multiply our focus. 
people who consistently practice and apply the principles of time blocking report that they're up to 80% more productive in a typical day than they were before. In fact, the whole notion of people waving the banner of being a multitasker has gone the way of the dodo bird. The Harvard Business Review noted that our productivity actually goes down by 40%, 40% when we attempt to focus on several things at once. It said we're not really multitasking. Instead, the Harvard Business Review concluded that we're just rapidly switching from one task to another and, in fact, interrupting our productivity. That explains why one of the most revered skills that employers are looking for today when hiring is that of a unitasker, that person who could be laser focused on one task at a time. Why? Because they are, hands down, the superstar producers and innovators. So there's a lot to be said for this idea of single tasking or unitasking. All right. How do you time block, you might ask? Well, the first step is to get clear about what you want to gain from your time blocking efforts. Ask yourself why you want to use time blocking. Is it to be more productive? Is it because you're tired of only ever talking about a creative project you want to breathe life into and you finally want to actually start to make it happen? Do you want to spend less time going down the email and social media rabbit holes or wasting less time chatting to others either in meetings or on the phone or just around the workplace? Is your goal to leave work feeling good about what you accomplished that day or Is it that you want to get away at a reasonable hour? Or maybe you want to have extra time for your family or extra time for your personal pursuits. Whatever you choose, knowing your priorities will help to shape what makes it onto your schedule and how you actually block your time. In episode six of the Compassionate Leader School podcast, which was about the top 10 strategies to increase productivity when working from home for you and your family, I talked about how I have a startup routine at the beginning of my day, as well as a shutdown routine at the end. The first thing I do when I'm time blocking my weekly schedule then is to allocate 45 minutes for each of these time periods. So 45 minutes at the start of my workday, and then another 45 minutes at the end. Those are two standard time blocks that are on my schedule every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Now included in these time blocks, I'm doing things like checking email and social media notifications. In the morning, I review the day ahead and I do other things like I'll make a couple of quick phone calls or sometimes I order something. At the end of the day, uh, I'm again dealing with email and social media and I also establish my top three goals for the next day. You've heard me talk about that in my wisdom table talks and I review what's on tap to make sure I've done everything I need to do. I use Asana, which is a project management tool. So the last thing I do is make sure that everything is checked off the list as I had planned it. And that pretty much completes my workday. So once time is blocked for my startup and shutdown routines, I plan my calendar so that it allows for three key themes of productivity that together keep my business and ultimately me moving forward. I have time blocks that focus on these themes. Theme number one, working in my business. Theme number two, working on my business. 
or theme number three, what I call me time blocks. Working in my business tasks are when I am quote on, meaning I'm working directly with my clients and students. So it includes meetings and class time. It's also when I do my Facebook lives, when I'm being interviewed, or if I'm giving a speech. The kind of tasks associated with working in my business also include the development I do for my clients. So for example, when I'm creating a digital marketing strategy or developing an employee handbook or writing a business plan for a client, that's also part of this time block. I think of it as anything I'm doing that I'm being paid to do or when I'm putting my public face out there in real time. Then the second theme, working on my business, That represents that block of time where I get to focus on my own company. So it's when I'm creating and designing and scheduling my social media posts or creating content for a Facebook Live, when I'm completing my month end accounting, meeting with my accountant, developing a new course, and so on. And then finally, the third theme, me time, is the allocation of blocks of time for my own professional development. It's for reading work-related material, mastering the latest in technology and other pursuits that make me a better person, a better coach, and a better teacher. Now that I have these three themes in place, this is where things really start to get interesting. Let's say I have a three-hour block on Monday and Friday afternoons, one designated for working on my business and the other for me time. When I'm deciding how I'll use that time, I try to batch and even mega batch anything and everything I can. So let's talk about what batching is. By definition, Batching is simply a form of time management where you group together similar tasks that require similar resources. And you do that because you want to streamline everything and complete them more efficiently. So batching allows you to maximize your concentration and decrease distraction. As a result, it actually increases your productivity, your creativity. I find it improves my mental sharpness and the The other gifts I love is that it decreases fatigue. It it creates less opportunity for me to procrastinate and it reduces my stress overall. So given this, I now schedule a whole block of time to plan all my lectures for an upcoming week of, of classes. So I batch that together. So I'm batching my lecture time or I'll batch Um, together in a block of time when I'm going to do the outlines and I'll do three, I'll plan three podcasts at a time, or maybe I'll spend an afternoon on bookkeeping. So it allows me to get into a specific kind of groove, a rhythm of sorts. And I find that I can get more done. I can be more creative and have a higher quality end product by the end of each block of time, simply by batching. And then I take my batching up one more notch to what's called mega batching. It's a term that I learned uh, relatively recently from Amy Porterfield, and it reflects the idea of batching similar tasks, but you batch them into bigger time blocks so that you can be even more productive. So this helps to give your brain the ability to um, just focus on one type of activity for a long period of time. So I find that I stay laser focused. For example, let's talk about accounting. So dealing with 
any component of bookkeeping means for the average person that you've got to get into that mindset. On top of that, you know, for me, I have to make sure my tools are at the ready. So I got to get my post-it stamp out and my calculator. I've got to have my red pens and all my forms and everything. In other words, tackling my bookkeeping is not something I can quickly start and stop. So I've learned that mega batching it is the jam. I'm able to complete an entire month in in 10 hours by mega batching. So outside of making sure I gather documents in one place manually, in one place electronically throughout the month, I can do all of my accounts receivable and payables, as well as reconciling to the penny, two bank accounts and two credit card statements, as well as entering and balancing everything in Sage in two five hour blocks each month, each month, which I schedule on back to back days. That also means that I have my year end ready for my accountant by the end of the first month of the following year, which I promise relieves a whole lot of stress for anyone. I also mega batch my social media posts a month at a time. I take a large block, a mega block of time in the last week of each month to plan and write the content for daily posts on three social media platforms for every day of the upcoming month. Then in another mega block of time, I choose the images and auto schedule them. That way, I'm not sitting at my desk every day feeling pressured to come up with something on the fly. When I did that, more often than not, I opted not to post anything at all and then was unhappy with myself for not taking care of business. So mega batching has been my savior. In the end, by casting my net um, over my schedule, by doing these things, time blocking, batching, and then mega batching, as Annie Dillard wrote, I capture days. In other words, I capture back time. That's like a gift to me. And I treat those pockets of extra time like treasures of what I call white space, where I get to do anything and nothing at all if I choose to do nothing. Sunday mornings are often periods of white space where I do exactly what I want, which sometimes means I don't do much. I stay in my PJs, make a great cup of coffee, read if I want or not. I watch a little TV, do a jigsaw puzzle on my iPad, make tea for David, FaceTime with my mom, I'll nap or just sit. This is the real, this is the real treasure. More often than not, I just use white space time to sit and let my mind wander. And what do you think happens when my mind wanders? Some of the best ideas for my business and for my clients bubble up to the surface. So just try it. Look, compassionate leaders, your take action challenge this week. This is no surprise to you. I want you to spend time looking at the hours you've been given and plan how you'll use them. Especially if your schedule is a little lighter right now, um, you know, because you've been self-isolating and your work activity may be less demanding, you have the gift of time and fewer interruptions to give these productivity hacks a whirl. Decide what your themes are and then block your time by batching and mega batching those related activities. As always, be gentle with yourself and be realistic under promise so you can over deliver. It won't be perfect the first time you work with these techniques, but each week you'll get better and better. 
And finally, I want to remind you, if you haven't done so already, please go to my website, debbielawrence.ca, and sign up for this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a comment or go one step further and write me a review. I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, here's to giving yourselves permission to show up as open, fierce, and compassionate leaders, and always to living life abundantly. Bye for now.